How are we doing, guys? What was your rationale with the release of Dan Bailey? Uh, certainly a very difficult decision for us. Uh, obviously, Dan's been as good a player as we've had around here over the last uh, seven or eight years. And uh, he's, he's one of the elite kickers in the game and has been throughout his career, has made a ton of big kicks for us. Uh, it was not an easy decision for us to make. Uh, obviously, a lot of factors go into this kind of a decision. And uh, it was one that we talked about a lot. And, um, you know, uh, there's a business side to the game as well. Uh, that's certainly a factor in making a decision like this. But really, honestly, there's a business side to making a lot of decisions we make in the era of the salary cap. Uh, you have to allocate dollars to certain guys, and you have to decide uh, where um, you can uh, maybe save some money and save some salary cap space. So uh, I can't say enough about Dan Bailey as a person, as a kicker, what he's done for this organization, the number of pressure kicks he made for us. And uh, he and I had a good visit the other day, uh, talked the whole thing through. Uh, we wish him nothing but the best going forward. But uh, he's been a great player for us and will continue to be a great so player in this league. This is more of a financial decision than a decision to decline performance or anything? Again, there's a lot of factors that go into all these decisions. Uh, there's a, there's a uh, you're evaluating the player's performance, and you're also evaluating, you know, how you're putting the entire roster together. And um, you know, there are a lot of different factors that went into this. It was not an easy decision for us, and, and he's obviously someone we think a great deal of, and, and wish him nothing but the best going forward. What were the on-field factors to, that led to this? I mean, he had one kick in the preseason games. If there was a competition between these guys, why wasn't he allowed to kick? Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing uh, you would look at is, you know, he, he's had some injuries over the last couple of years, had a back two years ago, had the groin last year. Uh, obviously, didn't kick his best down the stretch last year. A lot of different reasons uh, for that. Uh, but again, when we put the whole thing together and decided what was the best for our football team, uh, th this was a decision we felt like we had to make, and it was a hard decision. Uh, there's no question about that, and uh, we went back and forth on it. We discussed it a great deal. Uh, one of the things that gave us confidence is how well uh, Brett Mayer has kicked, uh, both in practice and in games, and we feel like he has an opportunity to, to help our football team in that role. Had you noticed an erosion in his performance, like you say, with the back in 2016 and then the growing last year? Did, did you notice an erosion in his performance level? Yeah, I, I don't really want to get into that part of it. Clearly. You know, coming back from the groin last year, he wasn't quite himself. Uh, been such an accurate kicker for us, and uh, you know, down the stretch, he didn't kick the ball as well as he had throughout his career. And uh, again, there's a lot of factors that go into that. Uh, I do think he was healthy, and, and that was behind him. Uh, but um, this was not an easy decision. Dan's been a great player for us. Not a good player, a great player at a very critical position. Uh, but it's a decision we felt like we had to make for our team right now. Everybody's in competition, obviously. Everybody. <clears throat> did you and your staff come to the realization that there's a kicking competition? Oh, I, I think I agree with your first uh, statement, that, that everybody's in competition. And Dan knows that. Dan's been in competition throughout his career. Uh, well, I think we brought four or five kickers in his rookie year. Uh, he understands the nature of this. And uh, you know, Brett kicked uh, you know, alongside Dan all throughout training camp. And uh, you know, he did a really nice job in practice. Uh, Dan did a nice job in practice. Uh, we just felt like when we put it all together, all the different factors, that this was the best decision for our team right now. What impressed you most about Mayer, especially when you're discussing the back and forth and you know that, that Bailey has such a proven history at this level? How strongly did you have to feel about his attributes and what are those attributes to make the decision? Well, I think a combination of approach, a very professional as approach right, right from the start. 
uh, comes in, gets his work done, uh, really good practice habits, uh, kicked the ball really well every day, virtually every time he kicked it all throughout training camp. Uh, certainly he has an ability to help us a lot of different ways. Very good kickoff guy. He punted throughout training camp, handled all that work uh, really well. Uh, he's a very talented guy. He's got a strong leg. We saw that. Uh, kicked a 57-yarder the other day uh, in the game. So he has all the physical traits that you want. Uh, his, approach was, his approach every day was very professional. And, um, you know, we put all that together and, um, uh, you know, gave us confidence enough to make this decision. We recognize he hasn't made a kick in the National Football League. We understand that. We understand what Dan Bailey's done in the National Football League. And so that makes the decision that much more difficult. And, again, we talked about it. I went back and forth on it. We challenged each other on it. And ultimately, there's a decision we made for our team. You talk a lot about collaboration within the organization. Are you on board with this decision? You're the guy who has to trust the kicker. Yeah, we're on board with all the decisions. We, we make organizational decisions. And, and there are a lot of decisions that we had to make to go from 90 to 53 and then to decide which guys were going to come back on the practice squad. And we sit in a room and we talk about it. We talk about it every day. We talk about how all the pieces of the puzzle fit together and all the different factors that go into the pieces of the puzzle. And, uh, and we work through it. We work through it together in a very collaborative fashion. And we make organizational decisions that everybody's behind. How much did you look into what he did in the CFL in terms of these decisions? Obviously, he's picking bad weather on some up there. Yeah, and I think at the outset when we signed him, those are certainly factors that we liked about him. We knew him coming out of school. Uh, we have some guys in our staff who are around him coming out of school. He was a very good kicker at Nebraska. He had success up in the Canadian Football League. You know, he was here in training camp with us, I think, in 2013. So we have a little bit of a history with us. And uh, you know, he, he just he, he did a really good job from day one. And and again, we recognize this decision and uh, you know what we're doing. Uh, but but when we put it all together, we just felt like this was the right thing for our team right now. What about what you've seen from Brett gives you the confidence that you can trust him in a clutch situation? Really, everything I've just been talking about for the last five minutes, just the, his preparation, uh, you know, his physical ability, the approach he's taken uh, every day. Again, recognizing that he hasn't kicked a, a field goal in the National Football League, but he has experience in the Canadian Football League, was a good college kicker, and, and really came to work every day and did an excellent job for us. So uh, you know, the opportunities that he had for us in practice and in games, uh, for the most part, he handled really, really well, and that gave us confidence enough to make this decision. What went into your decision to keep Rico in the 53, and, and how, did, how did his situation from the previous night impact anything at all? Well, again, that's another hard decision. And, and you know, oftentimes when you're talking about cutting your team down, there's competition within the position, and then there's competition across positions. We're going to be longer here or shorter there. And, uh, and again, there's a lot of different factors that go into that. Uh, Rico just did a nice job playing for us. I think he's grown and developed uh, as a tight end. He's doing more of the things that a tight end needs to do better. Uh, some of the things come more naturally to him. He's getting better at some of the things that he hasn't had that much experience with. And he had a good training camp and a good preseason. Uh, one of the things that was impressive about him is even though he was learning, you can tell he was thinking, he made aggressive mistakes. He played fast. Uh, you know, his inexperience didn't cause him to slow down. I think that's a big step for a player. And so uh, he, he just he got better and better and better. Obviously, the incident that happened Friday night uh, was poor judgment on his part. And uh, it's not something we want from any of our players. Uh, you know, there will be consequences for that uh, when the players come back in tomorrow. And uh, he and I have communicated via text. We haven't spoken yet. Um, but, but that was poor judgment. Also, we didn't think it was enough to impact the decision that we made uh, with our 53-man roster.
How much of it was feeling like you still need a little bit more time to see where he goes just based on the fact that he had not played the sport in so long? About Rico? Yeah, I, I, that's certainly a part of it. You like his developmental upside, and, and we've liked that right from the start. But at some point, there needs to be evidence that a, that a player can, can achieve that upside. And we think that throughout training camp this year and throughout the preseason, he was starting to show a lot of that evidence that he could go into a game and play with confidence and do the things he needs to do. Uh, he has a long way to go as a player. Uh, we'll try to put him in situations that he can handle, that he's confident uh, playing in. And uh, you know, we try to do that with all of our players. Uh, you try to minimize their weaknesses and you try to emphasize what their strengths are. And we'll try to do that with him going forward as he continues to learn how to play tight end in this league. Can you contribute on special teams to get him to game day? That's another thing that, that happened with Rico this year. I think he improved on special teams uh, to the point where we started to be able to trust him a little bit more. And that'll be a big factor for him and for all the guys. You talk about when you're making this, these decisions and leaving these short in areas and how you compensate with four tight ends, three quarterbacks, a center who's not going to be able to play for you in the foreseeable future, where does that leave you short and how difficult were those decisions to make composition? Well, again, there are a lot of different factors that go into all these decisions. Uh, you know, the individual positions, you want to make sure they're all short up. Uh, an area where we're short on the 53 relative to what we've done in the past is that running back. Uh, we have two halfbacks and, and a fullback on the active roster. We feel good about what Jamez can do for us as a protector on third down and what he might be able to do for us running the football if something were to happen to the other two guys. So his versatility was a big factor in us being able to only keep three running backs on our roster. Uh, we are going to have two running backs on our practice squad. Jordan Chun and Bo Scarborough will both come back on our practice squad. So that'll, that'll be good to have those young developmental guys there. But on our 53, we're, we're shorter there. Uh, you mentioned, you know, Travis Frederick's situation. Uh, we feel like with the information that we have right now, it's important to keep him on the 53 and, and give him a chance to come back as soon as he can. If we get different information, we can make a different decision. But with the information that we have now, we thought that was the right decision for him and for our football team. Uh, we did shore up uh, the interior backup position a little bit. We claimed Adam Redmond uh, on waivers. Uh, he played with Buffalo uh, this past preseason. We like what he can bring as an interior backup guy. So we wanted to shore up that area. Uh, and uh, and we, we, signed, we traded for Erringer uh, the other night from Kansas City to shore up the backup guard tackle spot. So uh, we feel like uh, with two new guys that we've shored up a couple of areas that were a cause of concern uh, for us at this point. And hopefully those guys can get in and get acclimated and help our football team. Do you have any better sense on time frame with Travis? Really don't. Uh, it's a day-by-day -day situation. All the reports I've gotten from him and from our doctors have been positive up to this point. But uh, I'll say it again, we're, we're most concerned about him as a person and making sure he comes back healthy uh, as a husband, as a father, as a human being before we get into the football thing. But he's been engaged with our football team. He's been around us. He's been in meetings. He traveled with us to Houston. so. Uh, he's certainly been a part of our team, but we'll take a situation day by day. Is that based on the information you have now? You feel good about keeping him on the 53. What, when was that last bit of information you got, and what's he able to do? Uh, again, it's, all, it's been positive uh, since he started his treatments, and, uh, and that's given us cause to, to be optimistic. And, uh, and really, he's, he's working out on his own, and uh, he's been able to handle the work so far. Um, so again, you take it day by day, but uh, from my perspective, the information that I've gotten, 
there has there hasn't been any drastic setbacks in any way. Uh, he's getting into this into this program, and and hopefully he'll continue to respond the right way. How encouraging has it been for you and for his teammates as well to have him around in, in meetings and practices at even on the sideline of games? It really means a lot, uh, and I can say that with all sincerity. To, just to have him come in and. Uh, be at the meal the night before the game and then be part of the, the, the walkthrough and uh, sit in on the meetings and, and, and be engaged with his, his teammates on the offensive line and throughout our team. I, I just think that's really, really important and doesn't surprise me one bit. Uh, you know, he, he reached out to me and said, Coach, would you mind if I came to Houston? I'd like to be part of the visit to NASA and I'd like to be a part of the team when we play on Thursday night. I said, would I mind? Are you kidding me? I'd absolutely love to have you be a part of it. So, you know, he, he's, he's been very um, proactive and he's taken the initiative about being, being back and being a part of our team and trying to be involved in everything uh, that we do, uh, short of going out on the practice field. Talk about uh, Noah Brown, Deontay Thompson, and that decision. Well, Noah just hasn't done anything for us yet. And, uh, you know, that, there's a lot of decisions you make right at the end that are, that are you're just trying to, uh, understand the system and how you can best take advantage of it. So we kept no on the 53 initially because he's subject to waiver claims. And then uh, we put him on IR, and Deontay is not subject to waiver claims. So uh, we talked to Deontay uh, before that, and we, we, we knew that we wanted to bring him back. And you know, given where Noah is with his hamstring, we just felt it was the right thing to put him on IR. You kept, again, you kept win with three quarterbacks. How do you weigh, because there are also some other young quarterbacks who were released that you clearly liked in the past. How do you weigh guys who are in here you're developing versus guys you've liked in the past and whether it makes sense to bring in? It's a good question. I, I think you're always, uh, you're always weighing that with every personnel decision you have. And, and you've heard me say this a lot, 365 days out of the year, uh, who you have and, and who might be available to upgrade your team. And uh, we feel good about uh, you know what the young backup quarterbacks have done for us. Uh, obviously, we can all get better. Uh, you know, Cooper Rush has done some good things for us. Mike White's done some good things for us. But we feel good about where they are and where their development can be. Uh, there are some other guys who have gotten released who are available. So you have discussions about that. Uh, but that's not unique to the quarterback position. You have those conversations about every position on your team. Uh, you see who's on the waiver wire. You see who's available by trade. And you say, okay, what's the best thing for us to do right now? And uh, so we'll have those discussions ongoing about that position, but about every position as we go forward. What's the latest on Xavier Woods and Kayvon Frazier heading into this week? Uh, you know, Xavier's still coming back from the hamstring. Don't anticipate him practicing, you know, certainly at the outset of this week. And, and Kayvon, uh, we feel better about where he is with his shoulder. Uh, but, but uh, you know, we'll take a situation day by day. What did you all like about um, Campbell, the guy you claimed from Houston? Uh, we just liked how we played, uh, to be honest with you. I mean, he's very active uh, both around the line of scrimmage and on the back end. Uh, he's an aggressive, uh, active special teams player, and uh, we needed another guy in here. The, the, the safety depth, uh, we were thin, and uh, we needed to get a guy. And uh, we just played him. We saw him on tape, and then we had a chance to evaluate him again once the waiver wire came out and just felt like he was someone we could bring in here. And uh, we'll get him in here today and try to get him up to snuff as quickly as we can and, and get him to work. You mentioned kickoffs with Brett. Uh, did the new kickoff rules impact at all the way you were thinking on what he can do there and from the strategy standpoint? I, I don't know that that had any impact on it. I, I do think just the strength of his leg and his ability to 
to kick the ball out or kick it the way we needed it to be kicked. Uh, I think that was the biggest factor. Uh, not in any way that Dan was deficient in that regard, but you know Brett certainly did a good job with these kickoffs. Jason, you seem very calm, cool, and collected. But how much does the energy and perhaps anxiety build up now that you're here at a regular season game week? Oh, I think it's excitement. Um, you know, it's certainly energy and excitement, and uh, you know we've worked very hard to get to this point. We've had a lot of hard decisions we've had to make over the last few days, but we feel good about the 53 guys we have on our roster. Feel good about our, our practice squad. And I think we're all chomping the bit to get the players back in here tomorrow and get to work. And tomorrow will be a regular Tuesday. The players will just run, and we'll have meetings and a little bit of a walkthrough, and we'll start our practicing on Wednesday. But uh, certainly excited to get it going. I think we've laid a good foundation for our team all, all throughout the spring and through training camp and during the preseason. Excited to see these guys play on Sunday. A big part of the season is replacing Dez, replacing Witten. Have you seen in the preseason practice on the field that you know what you're going to get from the six receivers you kept in the four side ends, or is that just kind of going to have to be a, hey, see how it goes? Well, we certainly feel good about what they've done uh, in practice and in the preseason games. And, and uh, you know, we're excited to see them in, in real live action. And uh, one of the things that for everybody all across the league that you like is uh, you like kind of honing in on a plan. Uh, you know, game plans on offense, defense, and in the kicking game, that's what you start to do once you get into the regular season. And I think that can crystallize some things for everybody and hopefully instill some confidence in everybody as we get ready for the, for the Carolina Panthers. But feel good about the skill guys on offense and excited to see them play this week. There's some talk or speculation that maybe you might have to put Dayton Jones on IR as well. Just what's his status and how do you feel about his recovery? Uh, Dayton's done a good job. Uh, he is injured, so we, we got to see what his situation is. And uh, you know, some more information might come out about that here in the next few hours. Are you guys approaching the, the the nose tackle spot differently than you have? I mean, it's you obviously you have Woods, but it doesn't seem like you have a lot of bigger guys in there. It seems like you, you're kind of going with undersized tackles more than the traditional nose, maybe. Uh, it's a good question. Uh, what I would say in general, the profile for our, for our defensive line is we value quickness and explosiveness uh, maybe more than anything else across the board. And, and sometimes when you're talking about the nose tackle, that's taken the form of a bigger guy. And sometimes it's, it's been a smaller guy. Uh, you know, we want guys who are active in there, guys who can disrupt, guys who can get off the ball and penetrate. You know, that's really the profile for both those defensive tackle spots. Uh, the nose has typically been maybe a little bit bigger and maybe a little less athletic than the true under tackle. Uh, but still, that's the profile we like. And uh, Woods has done a great job for us so far. And we feel like there's good competition in there with some of the other guys. Well, late in practice this week? We do anticipate him practicing, yes. Your average age is something like 25.4 of your roster. What's that like to have, to, to have gone from a, when you came in, an older team to now a, one of the youngest teams in the league? Well, I think if you look at it, we, we've been, um, We've gotten younger quickly through the years. Uh, when I first became the head coach, we were one of the older teams, and, and we made some hard decisions at that point with some of the more veteran players. So I think we got young, but, but like you said, we've gotten younger still here uh, this past year. A lot of really good players have been around this franchise for a long time are no longer with us. Uh, but we still feel really good about some of the younger players who have been good players for us you know, up to this point. You think about the leadership uh, and the production of the guys on our offensive line, our young quarterback, our running back. Well, those guys have been really good players for us, and they're not that old. Uh, I think you can say some similar things about guys on the defensive side of the ball. So that's really what you want to be. You don't want to just be a young team. You want to be a young, good team. 
and we have some we have some guys who are young that haven't been as tested quite as much, uh, but we feel like they have the stuff, and we've, we're excited about seeing them play and seeing this group come together. And uh, we're embracing the youth of our team. There are a lot of strengths to that, uh, and hopefully we can get experience fast with the guys who haven't played and play the level we need to play. What does embracing the youth mean? There's a lot of really positive things about having a young team. And, uh, you know, as a coaching staff, uh, you really want to coach them hard on every aspect uh, of the game. And, and, and typically they, they respond well because they have a lot to learn about the game. Then you want to put them in situations, uh, in game situations where they can grow and, and learn from the experiences, both good and bad. And uh, you try to do that with all your players, regardless of what their age is. Um, but, you know, ha having a good young team who, who uh, a lot of guys who think alike and are, are excited about the opportunity to play together, I think that can be energizing for everybody. Um, I think you've got only 29 guys left from last year's, this time last year. Is that like life in the NFL today? Well, I think if you look around the league, uh, there's tremendous turnover on teams. And uh, that just, that's just been the nature here the last few years. Uh, because of the salary cap, because of how contracts are structured, it's hard to keep all your guys together for a long period of time. Very different than 25, 30 years ago. Uh, that's just the nature of the league. And I think the league is getting younger. Uh, there's more incentive to keep younger players on your team, more incentive to have draft picks make your team. Uh, and, and so that's why you gotta, you got to embrace the youth and you got to get them ready to go as quickly as you can. And the teams that are able to do that better are, are the ones that ultimately will be playing in the playoffs and have a chance to win the whole thing. Jason, is that good for the game, that turnover rate? Oh, I think that's probably a couple of lemonade discussion. We, we, can, we can talk about that, but it's the reality of it when you think about salary caps and how you're structuring your roster and, uh, and making sure there's a little bit of equity throughout those 53 guys. And, uh, and when, you, when you're paying top dollar to certain guys on your team, you can't pay top dollar to everybody. So you got to make sure you make some really smart decisions from a football standpoint, from also from a business standpoint. And uh, again, the teams that construct their roster the best to handle the ups and downs of a 16-game season ultimately are going to be the ones playing at the end. How much can you lean on Wizier uh, this year, considering his health? Yeah, Cheeto's done a great job. Uh, he really has, and, and, and as you mentioned, he, you know he, he missed the early part of last year. But once he started playing last year, I think you saw um, a lot of things that we saw in him coming out of school. Uh, he, he's got a lot of physical gifts. He's big and strong. Uh, he's quick. He's fast. He's athletic. He's explosive. He's got instincts for the game. He loves to play. He's willing to throw his body in there and make tackles. Uh, he can make plays on the ball. You know, a number of PBUs, interceptions, all those things, just in a short period of time. And I think when you put all that together and you see him out there day after day, you see him gaining more and more confidence. So uh, you know, he's going to be part of our secondary. He's going to be a big part of what we do back there. And uh, again, I think he's embraced it. And he's getting better every day. You um, have made some tough decisions throughout since you've been here. Going back to when we first started with the offensive line, we made change overs there. And more recently with Dez and even the quarterback decision a couple of years ago now with Dan Bader. Can you talk about being able to do that? And did you get that from Jimmy? Or how do you develop that resolve to, to make tough decisions and move on from like guys, older guys, because some people hang on hang on to older players too long because they have that emotional connection and been able to move on. Well, well, they're hard decisions for a lot of different reasons. 
Uh, the reason they're hard decisions is because the guys you're talking about have been great players for this organization. They've been great people for this organization. They've been productive on the field. They're really everything that you want on your team. Uh, but there are a lot of factors that go into, go into putting your roster together, and age and money and all of those things factor into how you can build your best roster. And uh, I haven't made any of these decisions on my own. We make these decisions collaboratively as an organization, ownership, personnel people, coaching staff. We all talk about this, and we try to make the best decision for us. And we try to challenge each other as to why this is a good decision or that's a good decision or why we need to keep him, why we need to move on. And then ultimately when the door opens, it's our decision. And so, um, you know, they're not easy. Uh, they're not easy, especially because of the kind of players these guys have been and the kind of men they've been for our organization, the examples they've been to their teammates. Uh, but ultimately you have to do what's in the best interest of the football team. Is it always better to get rid of a guy a year too early as opposed to a year too late? Uh, I don't know about that. Um, I, I think those are hard things. Those are hard things uh, to, 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 to define, um, you know, whether it's a, a year too early or a year too late. Oftentimes, it's just for your team at that time, this is the best decision. And, you know, when you shake hands and you give a guy a hug, you wish him nothing but the best. I hope Dan Bailey goes to another team and plays 10 more years and kicks at the highest level. I hold him in the highest regard as a person and as a player. And the same thing for Des Bryant and any of the other guys that we've had on our team that we've, we've had to move on from. And so for our team right now, we felt like these were the best decisions. And we appreciate those guys. We're grateful to those guys for their performance and what they've done for this organization with them and wish them nothing but the best going forward. Coaches tend to lean towards veterans because they like guys that know what they've doing. They have a proven track record. Did you have, do you have to kind of move away from that and separate yourself from that or, or your coaching staff to say, hey, don't just – take the jersey number off these guys when you're looking at them? Or do you, do you, is it something as simple as that? Well, again, there's a, there's a lot of different factors that go into it. And uh, you, you are dealing with people, and you are dealing with players, and you are dealing with um, a lot of different factors that go into these decisions. So you have to put all of that stuff together. Line one is always what's in the best interest of the entire Dallas Cowboys football team. And, and just because that's our motivation and that's what we're focused on doesn't necessarily mean we always make the right decisions. You know, oftentimes you reflect back and say, boy, we shouldn't have done that. Or maybe we should have waited this or we should have had this guy instead. You know, that, that's part of the decision making process that, that you have. Uh, but the motivation is we're doing what's best for the entire Dallas Cowboys football team. And that will always be uh, the number one factor in making these kinds of decisions. Like you say, while the decisions made in the moment as well, you also have to factor in, Jerry likes to say whether the arrow is pointing up or pointing down different stages of careers, arrows are pointing up and pointing down. So you're making the decision in the moment, but a part of that decision is also, well, what is this going to look like a year from now too? And does that weigh more heavily in certain decisions than others? Well, no, no question about it. Um, and oftentimes you can be in a situation where maybe a more veteran player actually plays better than a younger player. But to your point, a year from now, you feel like that younger player is going to be better than the veteran player. And then you factor in some other parts of it, the business side of it. Um, so you, ha you, have to, you have to weigh those things. Um, and sometimes you keep a player whose arrow is going this way because you don't have a better alternative than, than him right now. And uh, so that's another factor. Uh, who else is going to do that job right now? Who else is going to do that job in the future? So uh, you have all those discussions. You try to work through them. You try to make your best decisions. What's in the, in the best interest of the team? How do you separate the emotion of it? Because you do have good relationships with the players. Some guys came in when you came in. So how do you 
that? I think you have to separate that when you're um, making the decision as best you can. Uh, sometimes leaving a little emotion in there is a good thing because uh, that's part of life and that's part of football. And then certainly when you're, uh, when you're talking to the player, you want all the emotion in there. Uh, you want it to be real and honest and, um, and uh, as direct as you can be. And you want to be truthful about how much you appreciate what the guy's done uh, for the organization and, and, and how, how, how much you care about him and how much you want him to go on and succeed, whatever he does uh, from this moment forward. And those are all the things you try to tell guys because they're true and they're honest and they're emotional. For uh, He's a Harvard guy notwithstanding. Can Redmond learn enough uh, this week, or do you anticipate Zach maybe being your uh, center? We'll, we'll see. We're going to get Redmond in here today, and uh, we're going to put him to work. He'll spend a lot of extra time with Coach Alexander and Coach Colombo to try to uh, get him to understand what we're trying to do here in a, in a, in a short period of time. But uh, we feel good about you know how he plays. We feel good about his ability to pick things up quickly. You feel you like Harvard guys as a Princeton guy? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> was that, that was an end. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking for.